Welcome to Madlet Musings, the podcast where we dive into the minds of authors, exploring the profound realms of faith, social issues, and the delightful world of entertainment. I'm your host, Jamie Jill Wright, and on this literary journey, you never quite know what you're going to get. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Jill Wright here at Madlet Musings, and today I have a good friend, a fellow Wisconsinite. And we actually get to see each other on occasion, which not all writers get to do. So this is cool. But I have Liz Tolsmo with me today. Hi, Liz. Hi, Jamie. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm happy that you're here, too. I mean, we've kind of done this um, little podcast exchange now because I've been on your podcast, which is, remind me of the title so I get it right. Christian Historical Fiction Talk. That's what I was going to say, but I was like, I might not get that right. So Christian Historical Fiction Talk is your podcast, and you've so graciously had me on that, and um, it's time for you to be on mine. So there. Well, <laughs> I'm so glad that you had me. Um, I always love talking to you, whether on this podcast or my podcast, whatever yeah. we talk, and the times we do get together for lunch, it's always fun, too. I know, so. it is. We should do that, too, in 2024, plan Definitely. a date to do that, yeah. but... <laughs> So you have a book coming out in 2024, um, February 1st. We are recording this in December of 2023. That's why I keep referring to 2024. When this airs, it's probably already 2024. But um, And your book is entitled What I Promise You, and it's a World War II novel, correct? It is, yes. I get to write in my favorite genre again, which is That's World awesome. War II. That's awesome. Yes, I know you love World War II genre which is, it's, it's a real popular genre right now too. I feel like a lot of people are reading that. It is. When I first dove into World War II more than 10 years ago now, it was very hot and then it cooled off for a little bit of time. Okay. And now it is super red hot again. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad to see it. And it's good for me because I get to write it then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about what I promise you. Where is it set? It looks like Southwest France, if I'm correct. That's right. It's right. set in Southwest France, right along the border with Spain. Okay. So it's also a split time. So I'm okay. a page from your book and writing some split time and it's actually three timelines. Wow. Very ambitious with this one. Yes. Yes. And uh, it centers around a maternity home that's based off of a real maternity home in okay. Southwest France along the Spanish border. And at this home, uh, a Swiss woman ran it she took in at first Spanish refugees, pregnant women who were fleeing the civil war in Spain during the 1930s. And then when Germany invaded France in 1940, mm -hmm. the flow went the other way of Jews trying to escape France. And so okay. she took pregnant Jewish women. Mm -hmm. And over the years, 550 babies were delivered at wow. this clinic, at this hospital yes and their okay. lives were saved because of her she changed their identities and helped them get out of the wow. country hmm. so yeah that's awesome that's awesome there's so many stories like that from that era too and they yes. some of them seem hidden like we don't hear about them exactly I don't think many people know about this maternity hospital or about yeah. the flow of Jews through here there was also nearby a transit camp where 
most of the Jews from the Vichy part of France. So when the Germans invaded France, they mm. controlled the northern part of the country, but the southern part of the country was controlled really by a puppet government yeah. that was still, they called it free France, but it really wasn't. It was Vichy France and they sort of did the Germans biddings, but there was okay. a trans camp there that a lot of Jews were interred in as well as political prisoners and the conditions there were not good, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so she helped to rescue, along with another Swiss woman, helped to rescue a lot of pregnant women and young children from that transit okay. camp and, and to free them and, and yeah, to save their lives. Yeah, yeah. And so this story, is this a fictionalized version of her story or is this um, another character that's kind of involved with that story or how does that work? Right. I didn't really know which direction I was going to go until I started writing it. Uh And the main character ended up being a Jewish woman from the Northern part of France who was pregnant and she and her husband were arrested in the early days of the war and taken to this transit camp. And through a series of events, she gets rescued from the camp and taken to the maternity home. And because of some special skills that she possesses, she becomes very important to the running of the home and helping the Jews to flee. And then when Germany got tired of the Vichy's kind of dragging their feet on deporting the Jews, the Germans invaded the Southern part and took over and overthrew the Vichy government. And things really Mm -hmm. clamped down then and they closed the maternity home and they didn't have much time to evacuate. And so that's also part of the story, how she helped to get the hospital evacuated when the Germans came in. Okay. Wow. Okay. And how does that work out with the three different time periods then? Because that's obviously the World War II time period, but then what are the other two time periods that we're covering? So then the second time period is 1955. Okay. That was actually the first time period that I started writing. It was the first chapter. I went to France to research this book. Oh, shucks. Have to go to France to do research. Darn. I know. What a hardship (laughs) it was. I got to go to Spain and France. I am so sorry, Liz. I know it, it was tough. And, but I did it anyway. I I did it because, you know, I'm dedicated that way. You are. This is is why I'm constantly impressed by you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) So I, my friend and I, my friend came along as my research assistant and we went to visit this maternity home and I, we walked around it and saw the displays and just got the general feeling of what it was like there. And I came back to our rental and I said to her, I'm sorry, I have to go write. And this first chapter just flowed out of me. It flowed out in first person. And I didn't know who it was that was speaking. And as I kept writing the book, I wrote the 1942-1943 timeline Mm -hmm. and then also the 2022 timeline. And it came to me who was speaking in 1955. But in 2022, the character has gone through a a real trauma of a very severe car accident. She's a college student, just graduated, very traumatic experience. And to sort of escape all of the memories, she had planned on being a missionary nurse in France or in um, Africa, I'm sorry. Sierra Leone, where they speak French. Mm-hmm. And so she was doing some training in Spain and in France to prepare for that. And 
her grandfather says, I was born in France. I'd love for you to go back and see where I was born. Mm. And she does that and it unearths more questions than she has answers. Yes, for. yes, that would make sense. And so thus comes the World War II story of the maternity home. Yes, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't say anymore without And you can't say anymore. Yes, I was going to say, I'm assuming the 1950-ish time period, we can't learn much more about. No, no. People <laughs> learn just about at the end. I've had some people say, I guessed it about midway through. And I've had some people say, yeah, kept me hanging. You totally surprised me at the end. So. Oh, that's fun. I like those kinds of stories where I'm okay if you can guess, like if you start getting hints about halfway to three quarters of the way, um, if I can figure it out in that first one third of the book, I'm kind of like, mm, doesn't necessarily make it for a bad story, but it's just like, oh, shucks. I figured it out. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, I know. Well, I never figure yours out until the end. So <laughs> I try to take my clues from you. And I was just saying, that's because I never figure out mine until the end. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, okay, you're the killer. Oh, you're the ghost. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's fun. Awesome. So what, you know, the, the thing I didn't know about World War II, I shouldn't say I didn't know, but I don't think about Spain with World War II. You know, I think of France and I don't really think about that Southern France. I mean, it's always Paris, 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 when you think of France and World War II. So it's interesting, too, that you're going to a different section of geography that may not be as familiar, which is something you tend to do with your World War II fiction. I do. I really like to pick little known places or events or something like that. And so I knew I wanted to set a book in France. I already have one World War II in Mm -hmm. France, Mm -hmm. loved writing it. I'm a Francophile. And so I knew I wanted to do France, but I wanted to do something different than, like you said, Paris or Normandy or anything like that. And so as I was researching France during the Second World War, this just popped up and that happens to me so much. I'll just be reading or doing something in mm-hmm. an article or something will pop up and it will fascinate me. And that will be the catalyst for the story. And I heard about this maternity home and the good work that this, this Swiss woman did. She was a fine Christian woman, the daughter of a pastor. And so she really inspired me. She lived to be quite old now I'm not going to quote exactly how old she was Mm -hmm. either side of a hundred so wow wow she lived a very long full life she never married never had children but she said I had 550 children I was gonna say she probably counts a lot of those infants as as her offspring so to speak yeah yeah Yes. So it was fun to go there and to explore a different part of France. It's right along the Mediterranean. Okay. Absolutely stunning. It's so beautiful. And because there aren't a lot of Americans who go there, Mm -hmm. some Brits, but mostly Spanish, other French, Italian, things like that. They don't speak an awful lot of English. So that was a real challenge for me and my high school French. Okay learning how to communicate with them, but we Um, have a lot of fun. And usually I'll have a page long glossary of foreign words. mm -hmm. Um, I'm afraid I have three pages long of this. (laughs) That's okay. 
It's all right. My my readers, my endorsers have said, no, it's fine. I understood yeah. all of it. I got I got most of it. So mm -hmm. it was just fun to use it. And yeah, had a blast talking to, we went to this very small town where the transit camp was located uh -huh. and we're just walking around on a Saturday afternoon. And there was one of the little markets. He had his vegetable stall all open and he had the hugest mushrooms in the whole world. Mm. Sitting on I've never seen such big mushrooms in my Crazy. entire life. And so we had a whole conversation about how mushrooms are very big in France and very small in the United States. Yeah. And he thought that was hilarious. Yeah. At least that's what I'm choosing to think he thought it was hilarious. And <laughs> he might've been laughing at your French. Could have been. You know, but who knows? You're probably talking about how big the dandelions were in yes. France or something. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But yeah. so when you went over there, are there um, landmarks of this maternity place? Is there like actual, is the house still there or wherever it was that it was held? Yes. The okay. transit camp is still there. It's crumbling. They are preserving some of the buildings as a memorial to the people who died there and okay. others they are letting to return, return to dust mm -hmm. again, as a memorial to the people who died there as a part of history that's over and gone with yeah. sort of a cleansing yeah. type of thing in a good way right and then the maternity home is still there mm -hmm. it was in very bad shape when it was bought I believe in the 80s or 90s it was okay. bought and so it had been shaped like a cross with four different wings and three stories tall with a glass conservatory on the top Oh. one of the wings had crumbled so badly it wasn't able to be saved. And so they put sort of a modern glass and steel entrance there and that's mm. where you enter. But the rest of it is still standing and wow. you can go, you tour it. The original floors are there, which so fascinated me that you'll read this book and I'm describing an awful lot of floors because they're just <laughs> so beautiful. They're so, great floors. They were awesome <laughs> floors. If I could have them in my house, I would. And so it was a lot of fun to look at all of the pictures that they had there of a lot of the children that had been there and to read all about the work that happened there, both in the thirties and forties and okay. see the list of names of all the children who were born there was quite something. It, wow. was, it was really neat. Yeah. That's awesome. Now the children that were born there, were they typically given up for adoption then, or were they sent away with their mothers once they were born or how did that work? Sometimes they were sent away with their mothers. Once they were born, there were other safe houses that they had throughout France because Switzerland was neutral. Right. Then they claimed this to be neutral territory. And for the most part, surprisingly, the Germans would raid these places every now and again. But for the most part, the Germans sort of left these Swiss homes that they established. Okay alone okay and so sometimes they would send them away other times the mothers would be taken away and the children left mm. but what she did was and this is what the heroine in the world war ii timeline does is she made cards and when she would send the children away she would sew their I, true identities inside of their clothing 
so that they would always know who they really were. Wow. And so at the end of the war, there would be a chance that they could be reunited with their parents if their parents were still alive. And wow. so that was really important work that she did to try to preserve families. Yeah, yeah. Head on over to YouTube where you can check out your favorite authors and yours truly as we chat up about books, about all the strange and weird subjects we like to talk about here at Madlit Musings. And you can even see our faces because it's video, because it's YouTube. So go check it out, Madlit Musings, right now. Are you still here? Go, check it out. It's on YouTube. Now, I know adoption has a special place in your heart um, with your own children that you've adopted. And how did that play into the writing of this story as you kind of your own motherly instincts kick in? Right. Well, the main character just is super protective of her own child and um, as a as a mother, I'm very protective of my children, whether your children are natural born or whether they're adopted, mm -hmm. that motherly instinct kicks in and you would do anything in the whole world for them. And mm -hmm. that's sort of her motivation going forward. And yes, adoption does play a part in the book, but it can't really tell you much more than that. Oh, killer. I know. That's all right. That's all right. That's fair. That's fair because it just makes us want to read the book all the more. So <laughs> <laughs> there's too many spoilers in this one, I'm afraid. It is, you know, it's hard when you're writing split time. And I, you know, I, I don't want to say that other books aren't difficult with spoilers, but it seems with split time, there's so many clues that go and flip between period to period that suddenly trying to summarize it becomes really difficult without spoiling something in the other time period. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I totally, I totally hear what you say. So really, really what readers need to do is just go order the book. Well, that would be great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Just get the book, people. It's that simple. Oh, now is this part of a series or is this a standalone or tell us a little bit about that? Well, it is part of a series, but it can be read as a standalone. Okay. So it's called the Echoes of the Past series. And they are all split time novels with the historical part being in World War II okay. and then the contemporary part. And it, they all have to do either with a surprising DNA test or with your family tree, a surprising genealogical discovery on your family tree. Mm -hmm. And so the first one, what I would tell you was set in Greece. Okay. And that was a lot of fun. I got to go and research that one. Of course well. you did. Yes. <laughs> because I'm in Greece. Like, right. Why not? Yeah. Why not? And so there's that one. And then there is what I promise you. And that's the one that's coming out in February. Actually, I believe the ebook is scheduled now to release on January 15th. Oh, cool. Okay. And the print book on February 1st. So it's getting close. It's, it's getting very close. Very close. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And then I am working on a third book in this series set in Poland, and that would, will release in December of 2024. Okay. And that one's called What I Left for You. And did you go to Poland? 
I did. Yes. Of course you did. <laughs> and this one is actually based on my family history. Isn't that awesome. So I got to combine a genealogical trip with research for the book. So that's cool because then it becomes really personal too. Just that whole hiking through the the yeah. the place becomes personal. For that's, sure. That's awesome. I love it. So I suppose, do you just like throw a dart at the map and go, oh, that's where I want to go next. And then you plan a book around it for a research trip. I'm teasing. Well, it's nice when it works out that way. I mean, I, I did go to get to go to France and uh, Greece and Poland to research this. So it's wonderful when it works out that way, but it just so happened I mean, God's providence and his timing and everything are really perfect because with the first one, I had no intention of going to Greece. Okay. I know a lot of people have it on their bucket list. It wasn't on my bucket list. And my daughter was doing an internship actually oh. in Greece for a summer. And that was just as things were opening up after COVID. Okay. And we didn't know if she would be able to go on this internship or not. Mm -hmm. And about six weeks before she was scheduled to leave, she got word that Greece was opening back up and she'd be able to go. Right. And then she was going right from there to Jordan to do her semester abroad that had been postponed because of COVID. Mm -hmm. so I wasn't going to see her for six months and that's just unacceptable to this mama. So <laughs> um, I thought, wow, shoot, I guess I have to go to Greece to see Shucks. her. Shucks. <laughs> it just so happened that I had been pitching this book for a while and nobody okay it up and all of a sudden Barbara said yeah we'll publish it and so the timing was just absolutely perfect that's awesome that's awesome I love that oh, yeah. I love that so yeah. well good so we've got this book we've got the first one in the series and we've got one yet to look forward to in 2024 end of 2024 so right. yeah. awesome this is great well if readers want to find out more about you and your podcast and all of that what's the best place to find all that information the best place to find me is on my website which is very simply, LizTolsma.com. And there you can find out information about my podcast. You can find out information about my books there, about all of my books, as well as I have a sign up for my newsletter. And if you would like to get a sneak peek at the first two chapters, the first Ooh. two chapters are actually Ooh, giving me two. Time. Usually you just get one. So that's I exciting. I know. I know. So the publisher said, well, let's do two this time. I think two would be really good to put yeah. out there. And so you can get the first two chapters, a sneak peek at those, see if this is something that would interest you. And so you can do that by signing up for my newsletter. And that's right there on my homepage. And they can check that out. And then all my social media links are there as awesome. well. If you follow me there. Awesome. All right. Well, Liz, this was great having you and we'll have to do it again, but thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thank you for joining Madlit Musings, where every conversation is a journey and every book is a new adventure. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast player or check us out on YouTube and let's explore the fascinating intersection of faith, society, and storytelling together. Thank you.